Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me are my co-host, Joseph. Hello. And Jehu. And Jehu. Who might be and on Jehu. Oh, God. Kaka. Sorry. <laughs> there I'm we muted go. myself again. <laughs> I hope that stays in. That's kind of been a running bit, and that was the perfect time for it to come up. I really yeah. enjoyed that one. All right, so we're doing Movies Revisited again. Uh, the first time we did it, we teased or made reference that we should do it to Pirates of the Caribbean. So that's what we're doing. We're doing Pirates 2 and 3, the only good sequels. Joseph, you always have some introductory thoughts. What are you going to say? Uh, the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie was based on absolutely no other source material besides the fact that it was a fucking long-running ride at Disney World. And it was a surprisingly really enjoyable, uh, fun flick for the whole fam. But it was pretty self-contained. And then because it made a shit ton of money and everybody liked it, uh, Disney said, here, Gore Verbinski, have all the money and uh, <laughs> don't cheap out on the runtime and gave us well, two and, more movies. And that first one, it was such a fucking surprise that it was such a hit. Yeah, because I mean, what other fucking pirate movie do you know that's done well? <laughs> Well, the last pirate movie before that was Cutthroat Island, and it was like what you see in the dictionary when you look up bomb. Like, you know, <laughs> they spent so much fucking money on that, and they made none. And this, you know, I was, uh, I was living the life at this point. I was working at a theater, a theater at University Mall, and it was after, you know, the rave had opened, so we were, we were dying. And uh, the only time we were ever busy was when something was just a surprise hit, when, some, when no one was, uh, was uh, prepared for it. And this one just kicked our ass, blew the doors off the place. So, yeah, it was, it was a surprise to everybody. My uh, favorite trivia tidbit, and this could be wrong, but uh, that Pirates of the Caribbean ride, I believe all those animatronics were made for, like, the World's Fair. And oh, then really? They just came, yeah came up with something the same thing's true for it's a small world like you could collapse it's a small world and put it on the back of a truck and move it that that walt came up with all these things for the world's fair and then just he had a bunch of shit and then decided he'd make a theme park and that's Why like how disneyland not, came know? about <laughs> yeah but the first movie is really good the second and third movie i think had mixed reviews for sure they were definitely uh, for certainly not as universally beloved and I think the, the responses varied from either these are absolute trash to, uh, yeah, it's pretty fun, but not quite as good as the first one. Uh, and what were, what were our thoughts the first time we watched these movies? Uh, actually, really similar to what my, my thoughts are now. I'm, I'm kind of more towards they're, they're not, you know, they're, they're enjoyable enough, but not as fun as the first one. Uh, I've always liked the third one more than the second one. And I know that you are on the opposite train, Christian. And so I was worried I was going to be wrong, but I was, I feel very right about it coming back into it. They're fine. Again, I, th I think, uh, I think it's all entertainment value. And when they try and spend time on not like adventure action humor things, it just feels like wasting time, which these movies have a lot of. Yeah. I I'm, I'm going to say that you could probably, you remember Mad Libs? Did you guys do Mad Libs when you were a kid? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. You could probably just take all the proper nouns out of all my comments on the Matrix podcast and just replace <laughs> them with this. My, my, like, beat for beat, for, for beat, my feelings are almost exactly the same. 
Yeah, this, unlike the Matrix sequels, I had said with that one, I came out of that, those sequels out of the theater more positively than the average bear. Coming out of the theater on these sequels, I definitely was in the negative party. Uh, the first time I watched them, I really hated them uh, a whole lot. I, I, this time, I enjoyed it a whole lot more, actually. Um, I do think, I have felt for a while these movies were underrated, even by myself, but I had not gone back and watched them. Um, but I, st I still prefer the second to the third. Uh, but I, I, I found myself liking them a whole lot more now than I did 15 years ago or whenever the frick they came out. I think well, the first one came out in 2006, the first sequel. Yeah, the first sequel was 2006, I believe, yeah. Because yeah. they were back to back. Uh, I, my, yeah, my big change in feelings was I watched, I watched the first one before I watched the second two. And in watching the first one, I realized I didn't give a single fuck about one bit of the plot. I still love the performances. I love the action. I love the fun. But I don't, you know, there's gold coins that make you zombies. Who gives a shit? Right. Uh, and, uh, and so in watching that, I realized, well, hey, if I don't care about the plot in this, why do I care that the plot sucks in the other two? And it made me enjoy them a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I did not watch, unlike the Matrix one, I did not watch Pirates 1. Uh, because I feel like with the Matrix films, Ma Matrix 2 and 3 are kind of a completion of the story of Matrix 1. Matrix 1 is about Neo becoming the one. Matrix 2 and 3 are what he that prophecy that he's supposed to do it's a completion of this yeah thing. i i wouldn't necessarily like i think that like you're saying the the two sequels to the matrix are like natural extensions of the first one whereas with this movie the first story had a beginning and an end and this is just a new story with those Correct. same characters yep Two and three are, the, are, are, of course, the same story and all connected. But besides, you know, spoiler alert for a all, nearly 20-year-old movie, Barbosa being dead at the end of the first one, none of that matters. Yeah. Nothing that happens in the first movie has any relation to the second movie. Uh, I guess maybe you can make an argument for Norrington, who is a minor role in these two films, but yeah. literally nobody else, whatever happens in that first film, does not matter. I will well, see, say, I think, as, as far as the way that I think that these uh, have been remembered in time, I have to imagine they're remembered slightly better now that we've had a fourth and fifth sequel, which are just utter fucking unwatchable trash. Yeah. Yeah, they're really terrible. Yeah. I don't want to like do a beat for beat. No, for sure two not. And three, but getting to more specifics about, let's start with Dead Man's Chest. Right, got, that's the name of the site. I, I just watched it and I already forgot. I got really nervous when I started this one because the like the first maybe hour of it, I was like, "Oh, are these really bad?" Look, right. uh, the first hour is like it harkens a lot more to the later sequels where it does the same bits, but they don't land as much. The timing is off, and it just leans super hard on the first one's bits. Uh, it brings back the the you know the Captain Jack Sparrow bit. Uh, the rum, the getting slapped in Tortuga, the key, the dog with the keys, uh, and the mm -hmm. eunuch Joe, all this shit. Like, it, it's just like, it's, it's, I'm not saying you can't have 
references back to your previous films that are fun little nods, but I mean, they're just like, they're like, that is the thing. That's like the laugh they're going for. Uh, and so I was really nervous for, you know, for, from like Jack getting out of the prison to most of the cannibal island that I was like, oh, this is really bad. Uh, but it got better from there. Yeah, I I get, I th- maybe because I didn't watch the first one and I haven't watched these movies in a long time, that didn't bother me as it just, that callback like worked like, oh yeah, I'm back in this world and these are the bits and I have forgotten all this crap. And, and that didn't like uh, detract me as much. I do think to your point, had I watched the first one, um, that stuff would have really annoyed me. Cause yeah, you just, you know, especially when it's only two years apart and Joseph, you and I were the right age. If you were a teenager during this period, uh, you watch this movie a thousand times. That is absolutely Especially the the first one. Uh It felt like every time I wanted to hang out with a girl, all she wanted to do was watch Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, it was also just on cable all the time. It, it, it was a very, it's, it's got a lot of rewatch value. I will say the biggest detractor for me in the second film is no Jeffrey Rush. No, well, agreed. I, I think so. So the the the, uh, the additions here are pretty strong as a whole. I think uh, you know we introduce the whole Davy Jones mythos with uh, you know Jack having made a deal with him for being captain in exchange for his soul, whatever. Uh, but. Davy Jones is, is played by the incomparable Bill Nye. He, he was the best part of a lot of bad movies. He is so freaking good in this movie. He's so great in, in this movie. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is one I wanted to mention early on. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård as, as Will Turner's father, Bootstrap Bill. How do we feel about that? He's not good. He's, he's not good in these movies. He's not good and like... <sighs> I, I know I know one of you is going to come back and tell me that one of the Skarsgård sons is handsome, but that's a lie. Their body is handsome. They've got a weird Stellan Skarsgård face that's just 30 years younger. Uh, I just, I every time I look at that motherfucker, one, I can't imagine that he was a cool pirate at any point in his fucking life. Uh, and two, the idea that, that, like, girly pretty boy face Orlando Bloom came out of that and makes no fucking sense to me. That was the break of disbelief in this movie for me. Not any well, of the other I, bullshit. I'm gonna I'm gonna argue against the idea that uh that Orlando Bloom is that fucking pretty. I think he looks like a guy who uh who deals weed out of Santa Villa and Pace. I'm not gonna <laughs> argue that, that I'm like, not gonna no, argue that, that that's not true, but I'm just saying that guy that, that deals weed also has a really hot girlfriend. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, as far as Skarsgård, he like he looks like he's as trapped in this movie as Bootstrap is on the <laughs> fucking ship. He he just looked like he's just reading the lines, man. Yeah, it's sad is that dude is oddly enough kind of a charismatic actor. Like he is. He he's really fun to watch on screen, and he looked like he was having no fun whatsoever in that. Right. Role. Um. Yeah. I see. I don't really care for Orlando bloom in the second film i think he's actually a lot better in the third film um so every scene that it's just those two um when they're on the whatever davy jones's ship is uh they're a bore yeah well here's here's the thing that that stuck out to me this go around because i've always thought that orlando bloom and Kira knightley are just bad in this movie like they don't they're not good actors uh and rewatching it, I don't think that's the case. I just think their characters are fucking terrible. And again, well, 
they're the ones they're the ones that are supposed to be like giving you know they're the straight men in this universe who are supposed to be like uh, you know living some kind of honorable uh experience with morals and whatever and so they're the ones that are constantly soapboxing and having like you know trying to have legitimate emotional beats uh and it just does not gel with anything else in these fucking movies uh and so every time that they speak i just want them to stop speaking and something else actiony or funny to happen see i don't have that problem with kira knightley but you know in almost all things i'm i'm on the straight arrow side i'm you know Cap over Iron Man, Superman over Batman, Jack over Sawyer. But in these movies, I find Will. You're a Jack over Sawyer? What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, we need to have a lost episode. Fuck. All right, carry on. (laughs) But anyways, I find Will Turner insufferable. I can't stand a second he's on screen. I actually think the movie, all three of the movies, would be better without him. Just give Norrington more screen time. Well, yeah, but Norrington's more of the tragic character. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't think either of them are bad in these movies. I, I remember thinking them being bad. I remember thinking they were utter trash, but this time I didn't have as much of a problem with them. But I do agree that from a writing perspective, they're the ones that no one knew what to do with. And, and like, yeah, they're supposed to be the straight guy and there's no other complexity to them than that. And when they try to do like, you know, when Will and I guess Elizabeth both become somewhat morally gray in situations, they're not interesting when they do it. Um, and, and, yeah, I don't know. They, they definitely, I think they're needed for the movie. I just think it's, it might be the part that's most lacking. And, and I also noticed the second time go around uh, that Keira Knightley is right. Elizabeth Swan is right pretty much all of the time, but she's just so shrill and annoying uh, that <laughs> nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> right. right. Uh, I did want to say, Freaking special effects hold up. They do, yeah. I also noticed that. I was surprised at how well Davy Jones still looks. Like, if that came out today, I would still be impressed by it. And they actually, uh, one of the the things that still movies have a hard time with, they do pretty well, which is uh, mixing CGI scenes or, like, blending them into real scenes. Uh, There's a couple of, like, the swinging scenes in the third one. There's the one where Jack is, like, like, on the spit the stick and like flying through the air. There's a couple ones like that where they transition from one to the other. And I'm not saying it looks like fucking great, but you know, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. You know? What's even more impressive is yeah. a lot of this is in the daylight too, which is yeah. a really, you know, yeah. still a difficult thing to really nail down. Uh, the only other two cast people I wanted to mention that got really added in, in these movies is Tom Hollander as Cutler Beckett, who I really like as both like a thematic villain and as like he, his portrayal of that character. And, well, uh, why didn't that guy become more of a thing? Because he's good in these movies. Yeah, well, he's got he's got one thing. He's good at, at being a kind of uh, menacing, not menacing. Uh, I mean, menacing is the right word, but not like physically menacing uh, British guy. That's kind of his thing. Yeah, but like Ben Mendelsohn has written Richard Grant. Like they, they, all these guys have the same shtick, and I think he's doing it pretty well. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, I mean, this movie was a trap because really. Him, uh, Gibbs, Norrington, none of those guys really exist outside of these movies. I can't think of another movie I've seen any of them in. Yeah, Gibbs in particular got a lot of screen charisma, I feel like. And they're they're all three good in them. Yeah, it's surprising. They they just do like BBC Actors Guild crap. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But the last one I wanted to mention is uh, Naomi Harris. uh, She has a name, but she's like, you know, the... the Tia Dalma. 
Oh, sure. Tia, uh, the, the creepy witch lady who's also, you know, the goddess of the ocean or whatever. But one, uh, weird choice to have such a very attractive actress uh, and then, like, put her in all that shit. And two, I'm discovering more things about myself because, like, I have similar vibes with this as I had to the Enchantress vibes in uh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> like, I know they're, like, really gross and dirty looking, but at the same time, I'm really into it. I don't know why. I don't know what that says about me. I think it's because I can't smell the TV. Uh, that could be. But well, I think she's really up, great in this role. She's really good. I really think she does a great job. You bring up questions that this made you ask about yourself, about your attraction towards her. In in these movies, I don't find Keira Knightley attractive at all, except for the section where she's dressed up as a boy. When I think she's pretty hot. <laughs> um, I I think that that character is a is a good you know way to we could bridge into the third one, but because uh, for me that's where things start to go wrong but I well, think Naomi Harris is really freaking good in this role and uh, I I say where things start to go wrong it's the complexity that they begin to add and may, how integral they make her into the part and what that character does to Davy Jones in the third film where I think things really go awry but I think the strength of the second film is that it's pretty simple it's a bunch of people racing to get Davy Jones's heart and I, I dig that so I, two I, things about this second one before we get off of it. Uh, go for it. Uh, first, first of all, the uh, uh, much like the Matrix two, I think this one has the best uh, action sequence of the three, which is when the three are having the sword fight over the chest on the island. For I sure, gosh, love it's that cool. Scene. Let's let's talk it about the fact cool. that this series was Fast and the Furious before Fast and the Furious. It's a hundred percent built on set pieces. It's just set piece <laughs> to set piece. Yeah. Uh, but that's a great more piece. interesting. They are. They're more. They're more interesting than seeing dudes. You know, in cars, cars out of a fucking plane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that water wheel scene is so freaking cool. Yeah, no, it's yeah. fucking great. That that whole you know how it starts kind of silly, and then sort of progresses to being more like, oh shit, this is a really cool action thing. I really love that whole section, and uh, you know. I like the reintroduction of Norrington in that part. I like the three-way uh, sword fight. I like the side action with, you know, office guy and bald guy and Kira Knightley running from the uh, fish zombies. Uh, that whole section, I just think, is really good. The, the other thing was, you guys don't seem to be that impressed with that, with the cliffhanger of Barbosa showing back up. I remember seeing that at the theater at the time, and I was fucking amped by that oh I yeah thought, no for sure i, I yeah, we, we are underselling cool that fucking scene uh and i he looks so cool when he bites in the apple and drools on himself and is that cgi or did they teach that monkey to be gangster i think that, i think that, <laughs> i don't think so i think that that looks like it really happened that that honestly that's my favorite scene in all three of the movies i mean that's super fair me, it had me so amped for the third one and it seems like almost everything they set up for the third one they just they just didn't follow through on they're like oh i'm tired of that now we're just gonna make a different movie <laughs> did they did they make these movies at the same time they, they did. did back to back that's what the silliest part is because it does feel like they just they just did not know how to land the third and if, I, I don't know i mean i guess maybe if you had time to think it out you could hit it better. But I feel like if you're sitting down at a desk and you're like, I'm going to write two movies at once, you could be able to follow plot lines through better. 
right, um, but right. they just don't hit well uh, in the end. But that is a that is a great ending. I uh, I wanted to. The one other thing I wanted to mention before we we moved on is this this movie has one scene that shows uh, I think the line of where the restraint was in this movie. I you know I I don't know if you guys noticed this going back through it. They went for like wh- wherever the lowest hanging fruit was at all times. They went for it. You know, yeah. every yeah. everything was a penis joke. There were upskirt jokes. Mm-hmm. Every single one has a little person joke in it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not it's not what I would generally consider tasteful, but there is there's one scene where Elizabeth is talking to uh, Cutler Beckett, and uh, Cutler has the line, "There's more than one chest of value in this world, Miss Swan." And the fact that it didn't cut straight to her breasts and then pan up to her face was the most restraint I've ever like I could have imagined this film having. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I remember, I can't even remember what it was, but there was one that I was like, is. Is, is that a masturbation joke or is that just them talking? And I, I don't think it was. It's just there had been so many innuendo jokes. It just seems like they were all innuendo. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I did kind of feel like this stuff wouldn't play in 2020. Right. A little bit. But. So, I, no, I, I mean, I, I think okay. the second one's better than Transformers. I, I, re- I really like this one. I really, really like Bill Nye and Davy Jones on this one. Right. I, I, to me, I think the promise of, of the world is, more, is better than the movie as a whole. And I, I know we'll get into the third movie. I think the uh, the biggest issue for me comparatively to the third movie is that the the two big places that we go, which are like the Cannibal Island and the island near where Davy Jones's heart was buried, are are just kind of too similar and also just kind of too similar to a lot of the other places we've been so far. And I think one of the things that I like about the third one is that there's just a lot of variety in setting. Yeah, I, I, you know, kind of on the closing note for this one and an opening note for this one, uh, the third one, uh, these movies are darker than I remember them to being. Um, the the Flying Dutchman people are generally Horrifying. Freaky. They're <laughs> yeah. creepy. And the, the, the shell guy in one, particular really fucked me up. Yeah, the, the third one opening on, you know, a mass hanging and a child. Yeah. Pretty dark place to open a film. Well, hang on. I do want to. I do want to take one note back to uh, two versus three because three definitely has the darkest, but also pretty effective opening. The second one starts with the rained out wedding, right? Yeah, it's Alanis. It starts with Alanis. But, but like, why is Elizabeth Swan out? And like, I I get visually, but like, they give no explanation for why she's the only one sitting out there. <laughs> and everybody else is hanging out under under like cover. You, you would think at least her dad would have stayed and hung out with. Right, her. but nobody, yeah. just her. But yes, no, the third one definitely I think is is it's it's dark. Like the shit where they get the the little boy the fucking barrel to stand on so they can hang him. Yeah, terrible. Do we, did you have a, a a direction for this one? Me? What? No, it's fine. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea what just happened. It's fine. I don't, I don't. So, you know, this one starts in Singapore, which is kind of a, a making good on a bit from at least the first movie. I don't remember if they reference it in the second movie, where they meet another uh, pirate king in Singapore, which is, oh God, what is his name? Chow Yun Fat. Yes. And he's uh, who, dope. He's, he's great. I like it. I like the whole, like, look. There, there are some very 2020 problematic shit in all of these movies, I think, just from a depiction portrayal kind of perspective. 
but from you know uh if we ignore that it's it's a it's an effective aesthetic i think yeah no i i really um i don't get why you know the bathhouse thing but since i just watched spirited away i was like is this a nod to spirited away or is this like a thing (laughs) um but I think he's, you know, we're talking about Stellan Skarsgård being a bore. Xiao Yun Fat is having a blast. He is, yeah. yeah. And uh, every time he's on screen, I'm also happy because he looks happy to be there. Um, I don't love the Singapore stuff as much. I do want to point out, I'm pretty sure that opening is a set. And it would probably, one of the most incredible, incredible like set builds i think you've ever seen i Agreed, mean the whole yeah. thing just on water and then that action sequence on top of it all very impressive i am really annoyed we never got i, I remember being annoyed at this the first like couple times that i've seen this movie and re-watching it there's a, like they make a specific point at some point of uh cutler's right hand man mercer killing the these the like the twins that are like uh chatting fats like i don't know his his bath people i don't know what they do uh yeah but like they they take time out of it and and it like seems mysterious and it seems unnecessary and maybe it's just to show that he's cruel but it always seemed like there was another scene in the movie that they just cut out that was about i think there definitely is i definitely think there is a maybe not about him but i definitely think there is like a revenge scene after the one sister dies Mm -hmm. Uh, and we just see the end of it because you know the movie is two hours and, 45 and forty-nine minutes. minutes. Yeah, I know we got we totally could have done a thing on like Gangs of New York or something instead of this. But now yeah, I'll never watch took, Gangs of New York. It took so long to watch both of these films, dude. They're both so long, which is weird because the first one, which tells a completely self-contained story, is not as long as either of them. But these two that are essentially telling one story are both three hours plus a piece. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. After this, we kind of move into where I think things start to go off the rails, which is Davy Jones's locker. Oh, I love Davy Jones' locker. This might be where we where we diverge. I just I don't enjoy the million Johnny Depp's. Those bits aren't funny to me. Uh, I just don't care for it. I think it's pretty good. I think I think again, special effects wise, holds up really well. It does. That's true. Uh, I, I enjoy the weird surrealness and the crabs and all that stuff. I don't know. I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, you know, uh, th- this seems like a good place to bring up the part of this that we seem to have conspicuously not talked about at all. How do we feel about uh, Captain Jack Sparrow a- as time goes on? I thought, you know, because I'm so tired of Johnny Depp's shtick now that, like, retroactively it would annoy me. But I still think this is a pretty fun character. I think he is pretty fun in this role. He, he's not as tired in it as he is in the later movies. Um, so I didn't mind it. I, I still quite enjoyed Jack Sparrow. I think both of these movies make a really smart decision, which is they spend almost an hour away from their star. Hmm. Um, it, it, it seems like a bad choice, but you know, waiting an hour before you get to Jack Sparrow in the third film, uh, I think it's a it's a smart choice. I think it, it especially like when you're just bringing Barbosa back, you need to spend time with Barbosa. But I also think it's good for Jack Sparrow because it you know the movies are three hours long, but you don't want to sit with that character for three hours. Like it it just is you know too much of a good thing. It is the one time where the shtick really really works. Um, but Jack should never be really you know the main character. Uh, or the one you spend the predominant amount of time with. I think the movies do a good job of balancing everybody out. And that makes 
that character fun every time you see it, every time you spend time with him. Um, the words is where the other two go wrong because it is all Jack Sparrow all the time. Right. Yeah. I, I was, I was basically like you, Joseph. I thought it was going to be tiring to watch him, but man, this, I mean, he's, these movies, he's still super fucking charming in them, super fucking funny, super engaging. Uh, and it's a shame that he as a person has devolved into an ashtray filled with cocaine. Indeed. Um, so I think really, uh, I mean, if you didn't like the locker stuff, that might be the weakest bit to you. But the weakest bit to me is there's a long time between the locker and the final confrontation uh, where there's just kind of a lot of unnecessary, like complicated betrayals and failures of communication. Uh, and as Nick Mason would say from the podcast that we steal from, uh, a lot of these problems could be solved with a, with a uh, post-it note. <laughs> uh, it's just people intentionally not telling each other things to produce drama down the line. But I don't really care about all the, the like people switching ships and becoming captains of ships and all that bullshit. I do enjoy, I like, I don't, I, I think we could have spent less time there, but like, again, the aesthetic of the, uh, the pirate council and, and uh, the shipwreck cove and whatever is pretty cool. Yeah. The thing, I, I don't mind the uh, betrayal parts. I actually found it making way more sense this time than I did prior to what I really don't like during this whole sequence is just how much we've cut Davy Jones's balls off. Yeah. As menacing he is as he is in the second film, he is pitiful and sad in this film. Man, there's a bit Dude. where where uh, he comes into Cutler's office or whatever cabin, and Will is there drinking tea like the most assholeish possible way that you can drink tea. And like, I just wanted to punch him in the face so goddamn hard. Through my TV, uh, which I mean, if that was what you were going for as a character, it was pretty effective. But I feel like I'm supposed to like you. Like, is is there a more anticlimactic thing too than the fucking Kraken dies off screen? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, that is that's, that's really disappointing. Sad. There's just a lot of anticlimactic stuff with this. The the shit with Davy Jones getting getting neutered because they decided to just change what a character was from the first to the second. Oh, now suddenly she's a goddess. Like there with there being no reference to that beforehand. It just, I don't know. Yeah. There, I, I, I don't hate the third one, but stuff like that really annoys me. Yeah. The, the, to your point, Jehu, there's a lot that's introduced in the third one that we're like supposed to have known all along. Like right. Barbosa having this secret deal and uh, right. her, you know, at least some reference to, you know, Calypso being a goddess and, it just it, it it just feels like they didn't. I, I think that character being Calypso makes sense, but they don't do a good enough job building to that. I think Barbosa like having a backup plan, like if I die, this is what I'm gonna do, makes sense. If you you know show me these things, I think even having a flashback sequence of J uh, Jack Sparrow meeting Davy Jones and making a deal for the Black Pearl would be good because. I think you, you definitely get it, you understand it, but I think it could have been more clear of the consequences and what he was facing and what actually happened. Like, we just don't do a good job of establishing our lead up to our solutions. Mm. Um, and it, definitely. since this is the movie with solutions, it's the one that struggles the most. A six-hour movie should not have that many que unanswered questions. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I'm like we we get a lot of references to something uh, having happened in the past between uh, Jack Sparrow and Beckett, and we never really find out what it was, except for the fact that 
he branded Jack Sparrow for some reason. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, I think the Pirate Cove stuff is cool. I looked up to see if all those pirates are real people. Apparently they're not. That would have been cooler to me. Um, but they're all, you know, charismatic looking people. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I will say the, the, uh, the pirate code that everyone's uh, so beholden to looks a suspicious amount like your weird ant scrapbook. Yeah, it's very paper mache glued on type thing. <laughs> yeah. Also, also think of a terrible voting system when just two people, uh, you know, yeah. I, 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 I don't think they're educated enough for the word quorum, but it seems like something they should uh, invest in in their, uh, in their code. What did we think about Jack Sparrow's father and who plays him? I mean, so it's, I guess it's kind of a nod to people who like read the movie trivia before the movie started. Because I, I think at that point, it was pretty broad knowledge that Johnny Depp had based a lot of his mannerisms on Keith Richards. Keith Richards doesn't have to do a lot. I don't think he, like, I don't think he acts well in the parts that he has. Uh, but it didn't bother me. It was an inside joke where everyone was inside. You know? <laughs> like, like, that's, like, what's the point of an inside joke where everybody's in on it? I, I don't know. I, I don't hate it, but it also was, I don't. I don't care about it. Agree. Yeah. So uh, to Jay Hughes point, we all knew that was a thing. This movie's two hours and 49 minutes. Cut out the three minute scene between Jack Sparrow and his father. That doesn't need to be in there. Uh, there's nothing gained from that moment. And it's, it's not a knock on Keith Richards again. He's fine. But yeah, that just, that felt really unnecessary to me. I mean, I to think me, the last battle's cool. You know what? The last battle is cool, but it's not as cool as I remembered it. I remembered it as being a huge sea battle between hundreds of ships and rewatching it. It's just a sea battle between two two. ships. Yep. Yeah. I think I like, it's really long and I don't think it needs to be as long as it is. It's like 30 minutes. It's it's some of Barbosa's best lines. His whole presence is great in those moments. I agree. I mean, look, the getting married on the ship is super stupid, but it also like it tracks for this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. As as, uh, as much Calypso- as as much as I wanted to hate it, I was like, this is in the theme. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, Calypso turning into a giant and then turning into crabs is dumb. I knew you were going to mention that. I know you hate that it's, so much. It's so stupid. I hate everything about it. You know what? She looked exactly like what a 50-foot woman would look like in real life. And I'm going to go ahead and make the judgment that if you're going to make a 50-foot woman in a movie, she shouldn't look exactly what it would look like in real life. (laughs) I just, she makes a line about how she can't, she's stuck in one form. I'm Hmm. like, when she makes that line, is she just saying that she wants to change in size, not actually change forms? (laughs) It just didn't, it just doesn't track for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, there's a there's a big, long, exciting fight. Uh, I, I don't I don't think I remembered exactly how it went because I thought it was more of like a voluntary thing for Will to stab the heart and save his father. But really, it was more of like a Jack doing the right thing and kind of saving Will Turner and also giving you know everybody wins kind of situation. Yeah, the only thing I really wanted to talk about, and this is kind of outside of the third film. Uh, I think these are some of Hans Zimmer's best scores. Agreed. Oh God, the music's so yep. good, guys. All the, the way around. Is really good. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think the pirates theme uh, from the first film are all all really good, but they're all the shtick he did in the audience. Like the Gladiator soundtrack is identical to Pirates of the Caribbean, um, and so it's just kind of 
that was the phase he was in at the time. Um, but, and that's a good stick. I like the, those soundtracks, but this one is like, someone gave him complete free reign and just said, Hey, write whatever you want. And, uh, you get a lot of what he was currently doing at that time. And those, when those pirates reprises come back, but man, everything else is just top notch. That Davy yeah. Jones organ crap is incredible. I love that it. Is and real and I, and he, I, so that's like the main new theme in the second one is the, the Davy Jones uh, lullaby kind of thing, music box thing. Um, and then the third one, he incorporates that, the melody of that, that song they were singing at the gallows in the first scene uh, yeah. into the score throughout. And so then you got, like, you've got these three kind of major themes all representing kind of, you know, the, the three movies. Uh, and yeah, he just, he just, he's Hans Zimmer. He does a great fucking job with him. Yeah. Uh, the, I thought the inclusion of the theme park music was a little weird going into Davy Jones's locker. I didn't even Did notice guys... that. Nope. I didn't notice that either. Yeah, there's like a, a screen that goes white before like Johnny Depp shows up and it is it is it is literally the soundtrack from the ride. Like it's not like a new version, it's the same thing the robots sing when you ride the ride. You know, I did notice that now that you mentioned it. I'd forgotten it, but yeah, I did notice that. Yeah. And it sounds like a thing robots would sing. <laughs> I only had two things, two other things I wanted to talk about. Uh, number one, why not more meetups at sea? He can't come on land, but she can go to water. I, I think that I also was thinking that a lot. Yeah, there's no uh, reason that, they can't. They can't. They can't. Uh, uh, what's what's a fun euphemism for boning? Uh, boning. Rocking the boat. Yeah, they can't. They can <laughs> exactly. They can rock the boat anytime they want in those ten years. Maybe that's Will Turner's. He's like, no, you, you can't get on the boat either, and that's his way of getting I, away. I get that she can't go to the underworld or whatever he's supposed to do, but you know, make a pit stop. That's all I'm saying. Maybe uh, he's just really busy. I guess I, a lot of dead people. I definitely think that ending is a lot of what drags down what, how people remember these movies because you know, you already had the dark ending in the one before this one. You had your empire ending at the end of that one. This one needed the ending end with Ewok singing. Like, it didn't need a melancholy ending. It has their child at the end of it. Jay Hugh, that is the Ewok. Yeah, also, all these movies have post-credit credit scenes. Yep. Turns really out that's more of a thing. Apparently, there's a lot more of them than we knew. Just nobody saw them. Did you know that Constantine has an end credit scene? I yes. did not. I've, Angel I've seen, Shia. I've seen Constantine like eight times, and I did not know that. Uh, I didn't know about the first one in Pirates until I think it came out on DVD with the ending of Pirates 1. Which is an but, important scene for yeah, the next movie. Yeah. They count, yeah. they, they think you've seen it, though I don't know that anybody <laughs> did. Right. Uh, the, o- the only other one to bring up, are those, are those uh, uh, English officers, is that supposed to be like Tag and Bink? Man, like, they do seem a lot like that, don't they? Totally. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if it's an intentional nod, but it definitely felt like it. It feels like it, that's what that's supposed to be reminiscent of. Right. Totally. And the only, you know, just overall thoughts. I, 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 I felt like these were way better than I remember them. I'm glad we went back and revisited them. This is kind of why I wanted to do this, because I feel like there were movies that I would appreciate uh, more. Um, I'm afraid if we keep doing it, we're going to come across ones that I hate, <laughs> that I used to love. Uh, but this was not that. Um, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean sequels two and three, eh, they're better than Transformers in my book. 
I'm not going to lie to you. These, these came out almost exactly as I remember them. They were maybe slightly better just by comparison to the fourth and fifth than when I saw them the last couple times that I've seen them. But, uh, you know, I don't mind rewatching them. They're pretty, they're pretty easy watches despite the fact that it's like six hours of watching. I'm, I'm pretty much, it, again, exactly where I was on The Matrix. I love the second one. I'm going to go ahead and like the third one just because it's necessary to complete the second one. Uh, you know, I wish it would have done a better job of paying off on stuff that the, the second one had, had set up. But overall, I think they're both better than Transformers. Man, actually, yeah. one, going back, one thing I want more of a payoff for than fucking Will Turner and Elizabeth fucking Swan is Davy Jones and, uh, and Calypso. They have a more compelling romance to me than <laughs> those fucking two. Leaving this, why do you think Pirates 4 was so fucking awful? Because on paper, if you just explain that movie on paper, it sounds fucking awesome. Because if it forces... It, it's the thing. Like, he's the, he's the fun... Jack Sparrow is the fun like side character he's which i you know it, he's i don't know if he's hansel is not a good example but there's like all kinds of examples of that archetype of he's not the main character he just gets to jump in and do the fun things and say the fun right. lines and be kind of morally ambiguous uh but likable in that way and when he's forced to do that because that's what people want and also be your protagonist who's also supposed to be the moral center of the movie he can't do both Right, uh, and so it just stretches that character way too thin, and it's it's not nearly as fun anymore. It's like you know, just explaining it on paper. Jack Sparrow and Bar- Bar- Barbosa versus Ian McShane's like, yeah, that's the fucking right? movie. Right, no more Will Turner bullshit. I'm on fucking board with this, and it's just so. I think it's worse than the fifth. They really fucked yeah. that one up. I I agree with you. I think the fourth is worse than the fifth. Um, and, uh, the fifth had like half of the budget. The fourth one did, um, it's still turned into a better product. I think the, I I hate to say it, but I think Ian McShane is a letdown in that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Ian McShane does not give a fuck about being in that movie. (laughs) Correct. Yes. He doesn't, he, Ian McShane was not as excited about Ian McShane being in that movie as the rest of us were about Ian McShane <laughs> being in that movie. Because I just wanted Al Swearingen as a pirate, and that is not what I got. And I, yeah, yeah that, that whole thing is, it, four is disappointing. So if, if, any, if any of our listeners are hoping maybe we'll do the same thing for Pirates 4 and 5, fuck no, we will never do that. Unless yeah. someone pays I, us money to do so, in which case I'm not I almost watched four just to talk about it during what we're watching, but I couldn't find it on Disney plus. Yeah. I don't think it's on Disney plus for whatever reason. Yeah. I think it's on Netflix. It's on another streaming service right now. I think that's why, just why it's not on Disney plus. Right on. Uh, But But on that note, yeah. Hot C two and three, you know, they're, they're both better than transformers. (laughs) If you're, if you're 17, you're really going to like it. (laughs) Thanks. Oh, well, cool. I think that's it for that. What have we been watching this past week, guys? I watched nothing. Um, the only things I... I started New Girl with my wife. Because, like, once a year we watch a sitcom. I've never watched New Girl before. It's fine. I would it agree. seems a little samesy, you know. But the characters are funny. So... You know, it's kind of the same plots over and over and over again, but you enjoy those characters and those antics. Um, I'm I'm hopeful we're in, about to start season three. Maybe something new will happen. Uh, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'll tell you, Jake, uh, Jake Johnson, 
Jake Johnson's charm can carry a show a really long way, but it couldn't carry me to the end. See, I think he's insufferable. In this. Oh, I love he is him my so least much. <laughs> favorite character. Uh, I mean, he's he's yeah. arguably the worst person. Uh, just, yes, <laughs> but I still love. I, him. I, he's the worst person, and he's angry at everyone else being better than him. Yep, and uh, that's just really annoying over and over and over. Again. Maybe I just identify with that. Yeah, that sounds about right. The only other thing I wanted to talk about was um, I watched on YouTube the Scott Pilgrim table read mm. for charity. I saw bits uh, of that. Is, yeah, most of the cast, pretty much everyone big except for Brie Larson. Um, that uppity so, bitch. Know, yeah, doing the whole the whole thing, which was shocking. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Um, one of the the really like entertaining parts to me is they all know how much of a following that movie has and how great some of those lines are. So like you can see other people getting excited to hear yeah. a character say a line <laughs> of dialogue. And then when they say it, like everyone freaks out. Also Aubrey Plaza is just hilarious. She's crushing like, it. I know she's so good. She, She's so good in it. And again, she's just sitting in her house on her computer, but she, her presence is hilarious. Um, yeah, no, it, it really, it brightened my day. It was a good time. I'd recommend it if you got an hour and a half. That's um, it. I didn't know that, did not know that existed. I'll probably watch that. That sounds cool. Uh, you know, I was going into what we're reading today to go ahead and say that I had nothing to talk about uh, because I watched like 12 hours of shit for... Uh, for this podcast and a future podcast episode. So I, uh, I really hadn't watched anything worth talking about on my own, but then Joseph brought up something that I thought was kind of fun. Uh, me and Sarah have been rewatching house and which we have done a lot. We like house a lot. And, uh, we're on the writer's strike season right now, which is the season that where he had, if you guys are familiar with the show, he basically has a, uh, a, a like a reality show type thing to pick his, uh, three new yeah. underlings after he fires his other underlings. And it's the best season of the show. I was and about to say, I don't remember that being a bad season. I remember liking that season. No, it's fucking great. And it made me It's think my favorite was, season. Uh, well, and, and if you think about it, that it's not, that's not uncommon. Like, Lost also had its best season during the writer's strike. Uh, but then other shows were ruined by the writer's strike. Like, Heroes was fucking ruined by this writer's yeah. strike. Never recovered. Uh, not that it was that great to begin with, but it was watchable. Uh, but so I was going to suggest that we should do an episode about uh, about the uh, how the writer's strike affected TV shows, because it's kind of topical to the pandemic right now. It's sort mm. of the same thing. And I was listening to that podcast that we steal all our epi- our ideas from, and they're going to do a fucking episode on that <laughs> before I even got to say it to you guys. So anyways, that's all I got. That's they, they, they are us, but better. So that makes yes. sense. <laughs> us, but successful. Correct. Uh, I didn't, don't have that much this week. I got sucked into another video game that I don't even, I, I kind of like, but we'll get into that. Um, I Ghibli film for this week. I watched Porco Rosso, which apparently creeps Christian out by the, I don't know, thumbnail for it on HBO Max, which I, I don't get. like it. It's a, it's a, it's a pig with a mustache flying a plane, but I, I told Christian and I'll, I will tell our listeners uh, if you liked Tailspin or you even like the idea of the intro bit of Tailspin, you'll like this movie. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's about seaplanes and freedom and, and uh, lighthearted 
dog fights, if that makes any sense. Uh, not Nothing like says dog, a dog, dog fight. fight, like <laughs> yeah. lighthearted. I know, but like it, it's it's a movie where the stakes should constantly be death, but they never feel like they're death. It's it's a pretty fun time. I uh, I quite enjoyed it. Also, I, we watched the Japanese version, uh, but the uh, English version, uh, Porco Rosso is played by Michael Keaton, and that's fucking dead on. <laughs> they nailed that. Uh, so I kind of want to rewatch it with Michael Keaton. Also, apparently, the French version is John Renault. And apparently Miyazaki says the French version, the best version. Um, and the only other thing I've been doing is I've played, started, I'm, I'm working my way down the PS4 greatest whatever list. Uh, and I started Horizon Zero Dawn, which I didn't, well, the only thing I knew about it is there's a girl on a horse who shoots arrows at dinosaur robots, uh, which is actually the game. I nailed it just based on the cover art. Uh, but it's, it's a bit more, a lot of the stuff that I've been enjoying is, I, is shorter, a bit more on the rails, and kind of more narratively centric. This is kind of your more traditional RPG, you know, like your, uh, your Skyrim or your Fallout or uh, your Red Dead kind of thing. And it's just a little too open world for me. I don't really like that. I, I prefer to be on a bit of a track. I can't mentally commit the amount of time necessary to do all the shit. And that upsets me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that said it's pretty fun to shoot arrows at dinosaur monsters dinosaur robots and watch them explode so you know up to you that's that's my pitch for it uh but that's it yeah the only thing i know about this game is like after ronda rousey left wrestling which is still a weird sentence she like be tried to become a twitch streamer and this was the game she streamed Mm. i never watched it but it just felt like a collection of words that made sense in 2019 that's fair. Oh, also, the main character uh, is uh, our voiced by uh, Critical Role friend Ashley Birch. So there's that. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that unless you guys had anything else, I think that's it for this week. That's all I got. Uh, that's it. I, I know we had a plan for next week. What was it? I suggested pitching your own Indiana Jones movie. Right. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So we're going to yeah. do a pitch episode next week, uh, you know, with, with the looming i can't think of the james name. mangled james mangled indiana jones film coming we don't really know the details uh surely we'll have the mangled spin but it's a pretty rich concept and uh, and franchise to mine so i think we're gonna take our own little crack at it see what kind of indiana jones adventures we'd uh, like to see on the big screen but yeah so that's what's coming next week thank you guys for listening to this one uh if you have feelings about pirates of the caribbean two three one or if you think that four or five are uh, better than we think that they are, you can let us know at realphoniesgmail.com uh, and also on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Uh, I skipped this bit, but please like and subscribe and tell your friends about our podcast. Share, share the joy. If, if, you're, if you're not already listening to the Weekly Planet, don't do that. Listen to this and tell your friends about it. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you to Zach Evans for our and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys next week. Later. <laughs>